Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. The Cincinnati Bearcats are going to be back in action on Saturday to take on the Miami Redhawks. Cincinnati coming in ranked number eight in the country. Their highest preseason ranking ever in program history. I'm Sean McMahon, now joined by Caleb Taylor. Caleb is replacing Alex Frank, the former sports director for Bearcast Media. I have since taken over. Caleb, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Well, Caleb, we got a lot to get to today. Um, Cincinnati, of course, as I mentioned, taking on Miami of Ohio. It's the 125th Battle for the Victory Bell this weekend. The game is a 3.30 kickoff on ESPN+, Plus, unfortunately. Uh, so for those of you at home, if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, you're kind of out of luck, uh, unfortunately. I, I wish there was a way that you know, they would put this on maybe ESPNU or, or so one of those other channels. I don't know. Somewhere that's more accessible to people, because not everyone wants to pay, what is it, $5 a month, I think, for ESPN Plus? I think, just I think it's five ninety nine. The real deal is the Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus combo. Yes, only, yes. Only $10 for all of that. That's, so. that's, not a, see, now that's not a bad deal. I would look into getting that. But either way, it's on ESPN Plus. Uh, if you look at the uh, power football, the football power index, rather, on uh, ESPN's matchup predictor, Cincinnati has a 90.3% chance of winning this game. And that's pretty good. I mean, 90% chance of winning, that's great. But here's the thing. Um, Luke Fickle doesn't care about numbers, and we know that. He's mentioned multiple times throughout his career here. Um, he doesn't care about numbers. He doesn't care about rankings, none of that stuff. He, he tries to – this is what he said in his press conference yesterday. He tries to live in a bubble as best as he can. The only time he knows what we're ranked is when the media asks him questions about our ranking – um, and he doesn't, he, he's, he's not the kind of coach that dismisses an opponent. He's really not. It doesn't matter if it's Murray State next week or Indiana Notre Dame. You know, he treats them all the same. You got to win every game. Um, and this is no exception. The Victory Bell is a rivalry game, and he loves stressing that. Um, and, and as far as I know, I, I couldn't figure this out, but I think this might be one of the first times in history that Cincinnati's opened a season against Miami, maybe dating back to the, you know, the early days of the, of the rivalry. Um, but this is only the second time that Cincinnati's come come in ranked against Miami. The last time Cincinnati was ranked against Miami, they were also in the top 10. They were number 10 in the country, uh, and it was in the 2009 season. Of course, we all know that was the season they went to the Sugar Bowl um, and eventually lost to Florida. Uh, but this this year's game, there's a lot there's a lot more at stake, really, for Cincinnati. Uh, you got to win this game. Um, you got to keep the win streak alive. Not only the the 14-game win streak against Miami – but also the home game win streak. You're on a 20-game home game win streak. You make it 21. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of a lot of hype surrounding this season. Uh, I mean, like last year, obviously, we didn't get the opportunity to play Miami, and we were, we were fortunate enough to go to every home game. But, you know, two years ago uh, was my freshman year. I went to the Miami game, and I, I the craziest stat I read that day was – Miami has never won the victory bell and been able to brag about it on Twitter. The last time they won <laughs> was before Twitter was even invented. So especially after the way, I mean, UC ended last season, they were one quarter, maybe you'll even go as much as like two minutes away from beating Georgia and, you know, taking home an undefeated season, a New Year's Six Bowl, and really sparked the conversation. So I think it's important not only for UC to win, but uh, I'm looking at the UCF game tomorrow as far as conference mm-hmm. goes. Big um, time. Especially with, uh, you know, everything going on with the Big 12 right now. We'll either absorb them next year or go there most likely. So uh, the Americans got to make sure they look good and keep their standing over, like, the Mountain West or, like, the MAC. I don't think really the MAC's got a shot. At- no, the Fun Belt maybe, the yeah. Sun Belt, you know, with the Chanticleers and, and App State. They're always – Nowadays, they're the two big teams coming out of the Sun Belt, but uh, continue. Yeah, so it's just important UC wins. I'd like to see him win big, honestly. Mm-hmm. I know that's not really Fickle's style. I mean, the last three years, there's been some thrillers against, you know, the ECUs of the world and the Houston's. USFs and, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's important. you got to win big, especially being ranked now. People have their eye on us a lot more. Yeah, it, there's definitely been a lot of hype uh, this season, um, not just, you know, local attention, but nationally. I mean, you know, you don't get ranked number eight and not get a national attention, uh, especially for a team, you know, like the Bearcats, because traditionally Cincinnati's not, you know, regarded as like a football powerhouse. You know, no one looks at Cincinnati as like, oh, yeah, 
you know, they look at Alabamas of the world and they look at LSUs and like the, you know, the blue bloods of college football. Cincinnati's not a blue blood of college football. Now, historically, Cincinnati is a well-known football program. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, having been ranked for the first time in the top 10 in the preseason polls, that's a really big deal. And you're going to get a lot of attention because Cincinnati made some noise last year about potentially making the college football playoff. Now, obviously, they didn't. They did go to the Peach Bowl. But they are, and they have been talked about a lot this past offseason, both by Bearcats fans and and national news media, about potentially making the playoffs this year because now you have a really good strength of schedule. You have Notre Dame and you have Indiana, both uh, both travel games. Now, those games are back-to-back. However, they are not consecutive weekends. In fact, it's actually um, Indiana's game number three, and then we have a bye week, and then we go to Notre Dame on October 2nd. Um, So two consecutive road games, uh, but not two consecutive weekends. That could be of benefit to give Cincinnati a bit of a break before we head off to Notre Dame. But uh, you mentioned, back to the Miami game, um, the last time that Miami beat Cincinnati was September 8, 2005. It was at Miami and Yeager Stadium. Miami won that game 44-16 before UC returned the favor in 2006 and has returned the favor every year, beating them 24-10. And since then, the game really hasn't been much of a close rivalry other than a couple exceptions here. I'm looking at the 2015 game, uh, a 37-33 to victory for Cincinnati. And, of course, the 2017 game, uh, if you recall, um, had a thrilling ending there. Uh, but really, Cincinnati has just dominated this rivalry, um, and it's very, very lopsided and some people even think that we just shouldn't be playing Miami anymore. It's not much. They 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 say it's not much of a rivalry, and I just disagree. I think I I I think playing for a trophy is is special, regardless of of you know how how much you could one side controls the rivalry or not. I mean, yeah. I mean, every every rivalry has its years. Like we look at like Ohio State Michigan right now, considered to be the like best rivalry in college sports, and it it hasn't been as fun the last few years, right. but it's gonna happen. I mean. Before we were born, it was Michigan running the rivalry for a right. while, too. It, it, that's just how it works. I mean, especially UC circumstance, they've never, like, been in an established conference for very long, mm-hmm. just due to our size. So the only other, like, there's no not really been anyone in a conference or we've played enough times to have a rivalry with. So I think it's good. It's fun for us at both schools. I mean, I, I like that we beat them every year. I, I hate Miami, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> so... If you're a real UC fan, you uh, you really don't like Miami, that's for sure. Uh, now, here's something that was pointed out yesterday during Luke Fickle's press conference, and that's that uh, Miami only played three games last year. That's it. They only played three games, and that was in the MAC. And I think they went they went two and one. They went two and one. Uh, so my question is, and this was something again, this was something that was asked in the press conference. Is you know, there's not a lot of film on Miami from last year at all. Uh, so, you know, how do you prepare for a team that you really don't know what you're getting into? That's that's the tricky part is you really don't know what you're facing. Now, um, another point that was brought up in the press conference yesterday was the fact that it was, was a question of talent. Um, and, you know, obviously Luke Fickle says, of course, you know, we're I'm confident that we are more talented than these guys physically and, and all that stuff. Um, but that you can't underestimate your opponent nonetheless um so it's it's just they're in a bit of a tricky situation i'm personally i'm not too worried about this game um but you can never put it past any team on any given day i mean it was this day back in 2007 when appalachian state beat michigan in the big house that was something that was never supposed to happen so you never know you got to be careful with these things you can never get too cocky um because you know main rival Miami wants to come to play they want the bell every year and they're going to give us their best shot especially with us being ranked number eight in the country yeah like you said Miami played three games last year so I mean I feel like they have nothing to lose in this game so they're going to come in with a lot more pride I mean this is probably their biggest game of the year they play you know I mean in the MAC and they're probably not going to be one of the top teams in the MAC this year and so this is like their biggest game and I think they'll come out ready to play Luckily, it's not in 90-degree weather, like, hopefully, as of now, like it was a couple years ago. That was a really hot game to sit through. Yeah, it was a very, very hot September day. Um, it, uh, no, I lied. Actually, homecoming, I'm sorry, 
that was my freshman year. That was Tulane. I, I for some reason I thought that was the Miami game, but I think that was a different game. Either way, uh, a quick look at Miami's schedule. They take on us first. Um, that is obviously in a few days. It's a three thirty kick, uh, and then they actually travel to Minnesota on September eleventh. That is a noon kickoff game. That's on ESPNU. So right off the bat, they got two pretty tough road games uh, to start their year. So you got to wonder how, if, if they don't win one of those first two, now their next two games are versus LIU and then at Army. Pretty tough non-conference schedule except for, you know, LIU. Um, but if you, if you can't make any noise in those first two games, Miami is probably headed for the bottom of the barrel uh, this year in the MAC, and, and maybe may not make any noise at all, but... Again, you never know. Uh, you never know. This is Chuck Martin's eighth season as head coach. Um, he actually worked on Brian Kelly's staff when Brian Kelly was. Uh, I'm sorry, when Brian Kelly was at Notre Dame, he wasn't. He wasn't here with Chuck Martin. He was at Notre Dame. Um, but either way, this is Chuck Martin's eighth season. Um, so they're going to come ready to play, for sure. And and you got to be careful. Uh, you you can't get too cocky. Um, like you said, we beat them 14 times in a row. It comes to a point where. The, the team's just going to say, well, we're tired of losing to Cincinnati. At some point or another, um, you know, do we want the rivalry game to be fun? Yeah, yeah, we want it to be a competition. We want Miami to be good. Any any good rival wants their rival to be good because you want the game to be enjoyable to watch, and, you know, you don't just want to beat up on the same team every year. So you, know, you would hope Miami could get their stuff going. Uh, from being a UCF fan, I know what it's like to, like, have a team like with a target on it and I feel like now that shifted to UC now that they're the most powerful of the group of five schools so I like not I hasn't gotten to the point of the fans yet but I know every single game going in like everyone's gonna want to beat UC they're gonna want to shut have everyone shut up about them you know that was like I mean I still see people tweeting about like UCF and stuff and I mean they're not even really that like they're still pretty a pretty great team I think They'll be competitive this year in a top twenty-five team for sure, but I think so as well. And not only that, but uh, SMU. I mean, you look at the talent that they've been reeling in too, and they're they're going to be a real threat for really the entire conference. Um, and with the way that the conference is set up nowadays, because of UConn's departure, uh, it's the top two teams in the conference play each other for the conference title. It's no longer the top d- team in the division in the East and the West. It's just the top two teams. Whoever the top team is, they host the championship game. So SMU is probably going to make a little bit of noise. UCF, you know, um, SMU, of course, sputtered last year against Cincinnati. That game was, um, it was way, way a much bigger win than really I think any of us saw coming last year. Um, I mean, SMU was loaded with talent. They were pretty good, but Cincinnati just came out on top. I think a lot of Saturdays in a boil down to Desmond Ritter. Uh, I've been very, like, uh, I've been very critical of Ritter in his career. Oh, I agree. Especially uh, like two years ago, I was really hard on him. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, something's he's either got got to get better, he's got to go. And then going into last year, up until probably like halftime of the Army game, I was like, we got to get him out. Like it's it's time. And then whatever happened that second half of the Army game, he played a lot better. And then after that, we've seen a new Ritter. So I ho- I hope we get that Desmond Ritter again. Uh, I think that's vital to the team. You know, obviously losing Jared Dokes last year. And you know a couple key defensive players, so it, it's it'll be hard. Uh, so until the Kings get worked out, it's gonna be all on Ritter and getting things going. You know, I was the same way with Desmond Ritter, uh, even in even in last year. Um, I think I remember you talking about that. You mentioned that Army game. I was sort of the same way. I was critical of Desmond Ritter, and then something just clicked, and he played very very well last year. And I was happy he proved me wrong. I really was. I was glad. I was happy for him. And he had one heck of a season. Um, and he was really, really fun to watch. Um, now let's take a look at the top ten here really quickly in college football. You have Alabama at one, Oklahoma at two, Clemson at three, Ohio State at four, Georgia at three, Texas A&M following up at six, Iowa State seven, of course Cincinnati at eight. Notre Dame is at number nine, and North Carolina is at number ten. So looking into the weeks ahead, Cincinnati could have a top ten matchup for the first time since 2009, when they played Florida in the Sugar Bowl. But this time, it'll obviously be at Notre Dame. That's really, really exciting. 
uh, and also a little bit terrifying. But you obviously have to, you know, Notre Dame has to keep winning first, and we have to keep winning first. We can't get too far ahead. Well, actually, it'll be the second since 2009. Uh, we played Georgia last year. Oh, correct. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> that's a great point. I don't know how I totally blanked on that. Well, that's probably um, the first regular season one in a very long time. Oh, sure, sure. Definitely the first regular season top ten matchup in a very long time, if not ever. Um, so the top ten, pretty pretty loaded this year. A lot of really good teams. Iowa State. Had a really good season last year. They're ranked at seven. How do you feel about that ranking? Uh, they did win the Fiesta Bowl. They did beat Oregon. Yeah, but the Pac-12 was awful last year. I watched yeah. that Oregon Oregon State game because, like, it was like late in the night. I think it was one of like the last games of the year. Oregon looked really bad last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, and they 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 actually beat an undefeated USC team in the Pac-12 championship game um, in front of. You know, absolutely no crowd. It was it was in USC Stadium, uh, but they only played like four or five games, and they were conference champions. You know, it's it, that's super weird to look at, and yeah, which it was nice though because it gave us it gave UC a little bit more of a chance. And then a part of me is really glad UC didn't make the playoffs last year. That Ohio State team was even better than everyone thought they were. I agree, and no no one was going to beat that Alabama team. That Alabama team is possibly one of the best to ever play college football. I mean. What they have four first round draft picks. Yeah, I mean it's they were they were they were very good. Everyone knew Alabama was probably the best team in college football. I think there was no doubt about that. Uh, but I definitely, like you said, I did not expect Ohio State to be as good as they were. And then they beat Clemson in the playoff semifinal. I was shocked. I really was. And not only did they win that game, but they absolutely dominated. You know, they they made Clemson look silly on the national stage and that was something I was not expecting. Now, you could argue Ohio State deserved that. It's from, you know, the previous year's game, um, with the whole Jeff Akuda, you know, there was a lot of bad calls touch. In that game. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of bad calls in that game. This is coming from a guy who does not like Ohio State. There was a lot of bad calls in no, that game. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean that's that's However, I don't like Ohio State either, but like you want a fair game. I will say this though, Ohio State had a lot of opportunities to put points in the board I that agree. That game, and that's what it boiled down to. Their first drive, they got the ball down to what, like the five yard line, mm-hmm. and then ended up kicking a field goal. Well, and that's I, the difference right there. I remember there was one play that Justin Fields just barely—I I think it might have been Master Teague. I don't remember who he was throwing the ball to. It was one of their halfbacks, just barely, just barely, grazed the fingertips of his halfback, who laid out to try to make the catch. You know, and, and that was for a touchdown. It was like a two or three yard touchdown pass, and it was in the flat, and he barely barely missed it. I mean, it, it should have been a touchdown. Um, yeah, and so they settled for field goals way too much. But anyway, uh, looking at, at uh, Miami's last five, their last game was played on November 28th. That was a game against Akron. That was at Akron, 138-7. Not much to really say there. Akron's not a very good football team at all. Um, they got it handed to them by Buffalo. Uh, that was a 42-10 loss on November the 10th. Uh, so they went two weeks in between playing games, and then their first game last year, that's uh, that's uh, so weird to look at, was on November 4th. Their first game was on November 4th, and it was a win against Ball State, 38-31. But it, it, just looking back at that, it, it, that's that's really, really crazy. Now, Cincinnati's last five, uh, November 7th, a win against Houston, 38-10. November 13th, wiped the floor with East Carolina, 55-17. Um... Then the next game, which was probably the most exciting regular season conference game, was the UCF game. That was in Orlando, thirty-six to thirty-three win. That was a real thriller, as a nail biter for sure. Yeah, I didn't like watching the last five minutes of that game. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got uh, you've got a dog in both on both sides yeah, of that I, fight there. I usually go for uh, whoever's got kind of the most success rolling. I guess that's fair. Yeah, I always try and you know like like last year. Obviously, UC had a lot more on the line the entire year, so I was. Always kind of in the UC corner, especially for like basketball too. But I think yeah. both will be great at basketball again this year too, which will be nice. Cause yeah, Wes Miller's what he's been doing has been really interesting. Now we're probably not going to talk a whole lot about basketball today. We'll get into that later, probably uh, in the as the season goes on and as the basketball season draws closer. But I think you're right there. I think both teams will definitely be better. Hopefully, better this year. We'll see. And then of course the uh, American Athletic Conference Championship game, which was played almost a whole month later. December 19th, 2020. 
against number 23 Tulsa. That was a game at home in Nippert Stadium. It was a cold, rainy night. And uh, it was a 27-24 win thanks to a last-second field goal by Cole Smith. And then, of course, the Georgia game. You know, talk about that. Speaking of Cole Smith, I I hope kicking is better this year. Kicking was not the strong suit of the Bearcats last season. Really, even the previous three seasons, I would argue. I mean, from my freshman year. Well, no, I take that back. I take that back. Sam Croza was a solid kicker. Sam Croza was a very, very good kicker. I liked Sam Croza a lot in the 2019 season. Aside from that year, yeah, Cole Smith has been very, uh, very wishy-washy. Missed a lot of easy ones. He did, yeah, and he got consistently. A lot of, he gets a lot of kicks blocked too. That's another yeah. problem that he has. He consistently he kicks it really low. He does. He do, and that's his problem. If if he wants to make the NFL, he's got to start kicking it higher. Well, he'll have like a twenty twenty-five yard field goal, and it just gets caught in the wind and is gone half the time. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 been uh, been rough riding for Cole Smith, but you know, glad he got the win for us in that uh, in that American Athletic Conference Championship game. Probably the highlight of his career. At least so far. Um, now let's go ahead and take a look around college football. Um, we had some games this past weekend. You had Nebraska, Illinois. Illinois kind of wiped the floor with Nebraska and made them look yeah, silly. Yeah, uh, Scott Frost will be gone in the next two weeks. I have a feeling from Nebraska. Really? That soon? I mean, wow. I actually saw it. Uh, who was their previous coach? I can't think of it. But he Bo is- Pelini. He has a way worse record already. Yeah. I think I don't think it comes down – I don't even think it's a Scott Frost problem. I think it's a Nebraska problem. I agree. I mean, no one wants to go play at Nebraska ever since they left the Big 12, and they were fine for a few years there when they first got to the Big 10. But if I'm looking to play at a Big 10 school, Nebraska's got to be probably like my third to last pick. The only two below them – I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I say Maryland anymore. Maryland's looking a lot better. Yeah. So probably just Rutgers underneath Well, them. Purdue as well. Would you want to play at Purdue? Purdue's had more success in the last few years. I'll give you that. I mean, and then Illinois, like, teams that used to be on the bottom, Minnesota and Illinois have phenomenal seasons last year. Yeah, Illinois did have a pretty decent season last year. Minnesota had a great season as well. A lot of those a uh, uh, little bit more Midwest rivalry games. I'm, I'm excited for those coming up in the fall. Got- oh, I know. Isn't it just nice to have fans back, too? You know, like it, we have, it is. Even, even though we've only seen them on TV so far, it's just nice. It's just... It's not the same. Even watching college game day, you know, not having people in the background with signs and all that. It, it was. I didn't watch on Saturday. Was there fans with signs? Oh yeah. Oh out? yeah. Now it was Alcorn State and and you know North Carolina Central, so it wasn't like big you know college crowds with lots of college kids. But it was nice to have college game day back. They didn't have the the huge mega desk that they had last year. If you if you saw that, yeah. uh, you know they went back to a regular sized desk and it just it felt normal and. Gosh, it was nice to just have college football back. Um, so Nebraska, or I'm sorry, Illinois defeated Nebraska 30-22, to but really game wasn't as close as the score indicates, in, in my opinion. Yeah. UConn just, I mean, they... UConn doing boy, UConn things. UConn doing UConn things, losing to Fresno State 45 to nothing. Uh, UConn hasn't scored a single point in like something like 680-some days. Something, something crazy like that. They're good at basketball, though. They at least got that. Are they though? I feel like they. Uh, well, okay, they were actually. I'll give you that. You know, and women's, women's, obviously. Yeah, of course, they're women's team. They had Kimball Walker at one point. That counts for something, right? Yeah, they did win a couple national titles last decade. So don't forget that. Uh, Hawaii played UCLA. Yeah, that Hawaii. one breaks my heart. I'm a, I'm a big Hawaii guy. Really? You're a yeah. Rainbow Warriors fan? I love watching U of H football because they always play last. So after everyone's done, you always uh, okay. you watch a Pac-12 game and you got Hawaii on at like midnight. Okay, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, they they Dorian Thompson Robinson had a field day for UCLA, winning forty-four to ten. Chip Kelly picks up his first win of this season. Uh, and, and speaking of head coaches that you know could be gone, I, I, would you give Chip Kelly another chance if he has a bad season this year? Probably not. I mean, it's UCLA. I think they would like to be competitive. I mean, considering out of that conference, it's the same players every year. It's USC. I mean, USC's kind of been on the decline for a while. They keep mm-hmm. saying they're back every year. I, it's just... It's like it, Texas. Yeah, it's like ESPN's agenda. They push, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they push USC in Texas, but... I mean, it's always Oregon, yep. maybe USC, and then Stanford, UCLA. And Stanford and UCLA have not been in that conversation in a couple of years. No, so ever since Christian McCaffrey like left, Stanford's been quiet. Been very quiet. I, I just hang a lot of it comes down to no one wants to play in the Pac-12 anymore. No, uh, Pac-12 football is... Whew. I mean, really, since Marcus Mariota left Oregon, the Pac-12 has not really been present anymore. No, no. I mean, they haven't made a single playoff game since. 
Last year, honestly, I would take SMU. Maybe not Memphis. Memphis wasn't as great last year, but I'd probably take SMU, UCF, and UC, probably the top three schools in the American, all three to probably beat Oregon, USC last year. I mean, I don't think the Pac- – I think the Pac-12 is an illegitimate conference as to, like, what they hype it up to be anymore. Same with the Big 12, except for the exception of Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma – And Oklahoma State, too. Oklahoma kind of gets lucky by name, I think. I mean, those years they made the playoffs, they were obviously really good. And when they got blown out by LSU – uh, it didn't matter who played in that game. That, yeah, that I was agree. just going to be the score. LSU is just the best team in the country. I would like to see that LSU team play last year's Alabama team. I, I'd give Alabama the edge in that game, actually. I think I would, too, actually. I think I would give it to Alabama, but just barely. I mean, LSU obviously wins on the quarterback range, but they also don't have – they didn't have Najee Harris, who I'm I'm very excited to see play in a Steelers uniform next week. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um Najee Harris was a fun fun player to watch. Now, he also had UTEP and New Mexico State. I didn't know that game was on. UTEP won 33. Southern Utah, San Jose State. San Jose State won 45-14. We do have football tonight. There is football on tonight. UAB takes on Jacksonville State at 7.30 p.m. That game is on ESPN. That is in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, so I think that, that that would be a neutral site game, actually. It's in the Crampton, the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, so that's a neutral site game. So we got football tonight, and we got football tomorrow and Friday and Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, it's a great week. Think about out. that. And then we'll have uh, football, I believe, next Wednesday. We got some action next Wednesday. There is action on Wednesday, oh, yes. Oh, let's go. I love action. Everybody loves them a good dose of action. That's for I gotta sure. I got to work Thursday night, so I'm going to miss Thursday night football. So action is probably going to be my night of the week this year. Oh, boy. I, I'm, I'm going to go home and watch as many football games as I can. And then I, I have a 6-9 to nine during Monday night football. So Ooh, okay. You, usually I can make it home to watch the second half. I had one my freshman year, but... Yeah, the Monday game is Louisville versus Ole Miss. Really nothing too special, but, you know, it's Monday. It's Monday college football. How yeah, ESPN doesn't have Monday night football, so, and I won't have class. So Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't have class on Mondays either, minus a yoga class in the morning, but that doesn't really count. Is that for cr- school credits? Is that? Yeah, it's three, it's cr- cr- three credit hours, believe it or not. Wow, that's genius. Yeah, man, hey, fourth year, fourth beat a fourth year and being ahead in classes has some benefits to it. Uh, anyway, that game is an 8 o'clock kickoff. That's on ESPN. Uh, now back to the games that are on to our, that are on tomorrow. Uh, let's look at some of our conference games, and then we'll get into some of the bigger matchups. Temple takes on Rutgers. That game is at six thirty p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a quick quick. Uh, who do you think is going to win that, Temple or Rutgers? Uh, give me Temple. Honestly, it says Rutgers is favored by nearly fifteen points, but I think the Owls are going to pull out the win here. I I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, and here's a real exciting one. UCF and Boise State, a 7 p.m. game. That's on ESPN tomorrow night. Whew, that's going to be one heck of a matchup. Yeah, I think as a UC fan or an American fan in general, this is the biggest game of the week. Like I know, obviously, I want UC to focus on uh, Miami. However, this is very big. I mean, when this game was originally announced, UCF was the – group of five powerhouse mm-hmm. and I guess that's kind of more UC now but Boise State's long time been one of the biggest names outside of the power five agree I, I think it'll be an exciting game I mean UCF's looking to sell out possibly it's at the bounce house which is good mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll take UCF in that one a little bit biased there but I mean obviously just from being a UC fan as well, it's important UCF wins this game. No, I agree with you from all angles there. I mean, the fact that it's at the bounce house is really going to favor UCF there, I think. I I don't know how Boise State's really going to round out this year. Um, you know, you have Gus Malzahn now, the head coach at UCF this year, um, and Dylan Gabriel's still the quarterback there. So I'm very glad about that. I, I thought Josh Heupel was an awful coach. I mean, there's so many games – UCF lost last year, up three scores at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, his second half adjustment skills are just not great. Uh, I don't think the defensive play calling was very good last year. I mean, I, the talent was definitely there last year. They mm-hmm. still looked like a well-polished football team. Right. But they had a lot of false start issues. So I think giving someone else the headset is going to be great. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, I mean, it's kind of sad. Mackenzie Milton finally could come back, and obviously... Now he's at Florida State. Yeah, which... Yeah. Obviously, they, they're not going to take Gabriel's spot away from him with how he's played. Right. 
So it's it'll be an exciting game. Honestly, I kind of sad I'll have to be at work. I, I really want to watch that one. <laughs> Maybe you watch it on your phone. It's on. Do you have the ESPN app? I do, but I also work at a Chipotle. So ah, oh, that's rough. You have a TV in there? We Maybe no, no TV. They're, they're pretty strict. We can't even listen to music in the store anymore. Like, is it the one on West Clifton? Yeah. Ah, uh, yep. Okay. So you, wait, you work what? You work uh, you work Thursday night, you say? Yeah. Oh well. If I didn't have pizza general body meeting, I might stop by and see if I could get a free burrito. Anyway, uh, the other conference games that are on are South Florida taking on North Carolina State. That's at 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. That's through ESPN. They are at North Carolina State. Uh, Give me North Carolina State there. Yeah, horns down. North Carolina State for me as well. East Carolina taking on Appalachian State. That's also at 7.30. That game is on ESPNU. Now, that is a home game for East Carolina. But don't sleep on App State. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the favorite in this one. App State, I mean, honestly, they've put together some great teams over the last few years. Usually bowl eligible, so... And then East Carolina, uh, they they lost their quarterback last year, didn't they? Oh, they did, yes. Oh, I can't um, think of the name, but he loved going off against UC. Yes, I can't remember his name either. I know he's left-handed. Yeah, and his dad is the PA announcer at East Carolina as well, and, and he was a really great passing quarterback. Um, he had a field day against UC in 2019, if you remember that game. Yeah, that was an ugly one. I watched that one at home with my parents. It was yeah. a yeah. stressful one. That was that was they were he he was bullying Kobe Bryant that game. And that was another game where Ahmad Gardner had a key interception. Interestingly enough, Ahmad Gardner has never given up a touchdown, not one. I didn't know that. Pretty crazy. Uh, and then the, it looks like the final. It is indeed the final uh, conference game for the American that night. Is Tulsa uh, taking on UC Davis? That game is at home. Give me Tulsa. I, I think they're going to return a little bit more production. I, yeah, I actually feel bad I didn't mention them earlier. So there, there is a key four I think will run the conference this year. Mm-hmm. Seven thirty p.m. game on ESPN Plus. So probably won't be able to watch it. That's that is in Tulsa. So that is it for the Thursday games. Now, uh, there are some other games on Thursday night that will be fun to watch. The Citadel is taking on number 22, Coastal Carolina, also on ESPN Plus at 7 p.m. I, why is a ranked team playing on ESPN Plus? Now, there are lots of other other games at 7 o'clock, but it's not like they're primetime games or anything. I'd, I don't see why you couldn't fit that on ESPN or ESPN Plus or ESPN2 or something. I, yeah, especially like... I mean, seven o'clock time slot is a little bit harder on. Wait, no, that's a third. Hey, it's a Thursday, Thursday game. game. Yeah, and, and look at this. So you well, have what, what else is on right now? I mean, they don't. So the seven... they play Thursday night baseball usually, but they can boot that to ESPN two or boot the game over. Yeah. So so at that time you have uh, Long Island versus Florida International on ESPN three. Also at seven on ESPN three is Wagner versus Buffalo, and then on ESPN. UCF versus Boise State. So I'm assuming they're probably booting Thursday Night Baseball at ESPN2. Probably. Now, and you yeah. could you could still put Coastal Carolina. I don't know why you couldn't put Coastal Carolina on ESPN3 or on... ESPN the, News. ESPN News, ESPNU. Yeah, ESPN News is, like, worthless after, like, 2 in the afternoon. Yeah, not only that. Oh, okay, so the 7.30 game on ESPNU is the App State North East Carolina game. So that's gone out the window. Um, but, yeah, ESPN News or something. I don't know. Just I feel like there's so many better ways to do this, but... I don't know. I don't work at ESPN. I, I don't control that stuff. So, yeah. Weber State taking on number 24, Utah. Utah, easy. 7.30 p.m. game. Uh, that is That will not be on TV at all. Uh, um, it's on Pac-12 Network if you... Pac-12 Network. If you're yeah. really into the Pac-12, ESPN's <laughs> got the channel for you. If you, have, if you have the time and the money to be willing to spend on the Pac-12 Network, have fun, I guess. Um, I, I never want to be at a point in life where I pay for the Pac-12 network. <laughs> I agree with you there. That would not, yeah, that's that's a pretty low point in life. Uh, number four, Ohio State is taking on number, or sorry, unranked Minnesota. That game is at eight o'clock. That game is on Fox. That is in Minnesota. That is in Minneapolis. Uh, that might be the one of the best games of the day. One of the top two, three games of the day. Yeah, I'm gonna take Ohio State. But in a close one. I don't think Ohio State's going to cover the spread. Spread is uh, 14 as yeah, of right now. I agree with you there. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than the experts think. Minnesota does pretty well when the lights are on. Agreed. Like, Agreed. It's, that's not just like a now thing. I feel like my whole life, anytime the lights have been on, they've, they've done pretty well. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, give me Ohio State uh, closer than the spread says. Uh, now, the last ranked game you have is Southern Utah at number 25, Arizona State. That's a 10-30 game on the Pac-12 network. Arizona State, I, why not? Yeah, I, they're favored by 45, so... 
I've never seen it spread that high. I guess I'll take Arizona State. Yeah, I don't even know what Southern Utah's mascot is, so I'm just not even going to bother to pick them. Uh, now, Friday's games, you've got, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 games on Friday. Uh, you have number 10 North Carolina taking on Virginia Tech. That's a 6 o'clock kick on ESPN. That'll be a fun game to watch. Um, now, it is at Virginia Tech, so it's in, it's in Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. What do you think? It's a road game for North Carolina. They're top 10 in the country. Virginia Tech likes to play dirty when the lights are on. And this is a night game, too. And it's on ESPN, so it's a primetime game on Friday night. Give me Virginia Tech. Oh, uh, I think on Virginia Tech. Oh, look at their... Because hmm. I, I don't know, just for when you play in Lane Stadium and you play in Blacksburg, it's a primetime game. It's a Friday night. Uh, I don't know. Virginia Tech has lost four of their last five games. Uh, most notably, they lost forty-seven to fourteen to Pittsburgh. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Tar Heels in this one. I I thought they've looked really great the last couple of years. Out of everyone in the ACC, I think that's the second best team. So okay, I'll I'll take the Heels. All right. Outside of that, there's really not many. It's mostly small games. Duke at Charlotte, Old Dominion at Wake Forest. Um, St. Francis, Pennsylvania, taking on Eastern Michigan, South Dakota versus Kansas. Michigan State Northwestern might be the second best game of that night. That game is at 9 o'clock on ESPN. Um, give me Northwestern in that game. I think they're a pretty solid team. Yeah, I'll take Northwestern as well in that one. Yeah, there's lots of... Uh, now, Saturday. Saturday is absolutely loaded with games so we are going to breeze through these very very quickly number two oklahoma takes on tulane that is a home game for tulane that is at 12 o'clock on abc so right after college game day that game is on oklahoma easy pick there uh number nine now here's a top 20 matchup 19 penn state at number 12 wisconsin that's a 12 p.m game on fox who do you like there uh i'm gonna take wisconsin in a close one honestly both these teams have a lot to prove after last season Especially Wisconsin looked great after their first game last year. And then obviously they had a bunch of COVID issues and everything else. And then Penn State was off the rails from the get-go. But uh, I'll take Wisconsin. I'm not really a big Penn State guy to begin with. but I agree. Number 11, Oregon takes on Fresno State. Give me Oregon. Uh, number 14, Miami takes on number one, Alabama. That's a home game for Miami. Alabama uh, roll tide. Alabama by a lot. Yeah, roll tide. I, although Alabama is ranked number one, I feel like going into this year, they've kind of been written off as like an underdog after losing mm-hmm. all those players last year. Anytime Nick Saban is the underdog, he usually comes back with an even better team. Yeah. And like I know it's like tough calling an underdog at number one, but you turn on ESPN, they're not talking about Alabama like they normally are. They're talking about mostly Ohio State. I've seen a lot of love for Ohio State this offseason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Alabama's got the one in wraps. I've Never bought into the Miami's back. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I agree with you there wholeheartedly. Uh, of course, number eight, Cincinnati taking on Miami. Give me the cats there. Uh, we'll get into a score prediction after after this. And and then we're, just gonna, we're, we're not going to do predictions for the rest of these games. Number 18, Iowa takes on number 17, Indiana. That's a 330 game on Big Ten Network. That'll be a fun game to watch. That's actually pro- outside of uh, probably UCF, Boise State. I think that's the game we'll probably – well, and then obviously UC, but that's probably the game I'm looking third most to. I'm, I like the Big Ten, man. I'm a big Big Ten guy. Okay. Yeah, and that's going to be a key game for Cincinnati as well, um, watching Indiana and how they perform against Iowa. Because oh, if, yeah. if Indiana gets off to a bad start, that could be good for UC, that could be bad for UC. You, you want Indiana to win, obviously. Um, but, you know, now you're going to see some flaws. And obviously Cincinnati's going to be watching Indiana, Indiana's going to be watching Cincinnati and it's gonna be. Uh, it's I'm gonna nervous be... for those games. I, I try not think about them. Those are those are gonna be smelling days. For yep, us. I'm focused on this week for right now, and the next week it's Murray State, uh, number seven Iowa State taking on Northern Iowa. That's a 4:30 game on the Big 12 Network, ESPN Plus. Um, how about the Raging Cajuns, number 23 Louisiana taking on the Texas Longhorns at number 21. That is at Texas. That's a 4:30 game on Fox. Give me Louisiana. Ooh, I know. I'm, Texas I, I, isn't back. I'm pushing I'm, the agenda. Early. I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with you there. I want. I'm picking Louisiana for that game. Uh, San Jose State at number fifteen USC. I wouldn't be shocked if USC uh, lost that game. Actually, I don't know why. Um, so give me, but give me USC, but closer than the experts think. 
Uh, let's see, any other ranked games that day? Yeah, of course. How about the 7.30 primetime game on ABC? Number five, Georgia taking on number three, Clemson. That is in Charlotte oh, in wow. Bank of America Stadium. I didn't even know that was going on. Oh, man. I'm a little behind, I'll admit. The hype has been real for that game. That's going to be the game of the day for sure. That's going to be really close because you don't have Trevor Lawrence anymore. I'm taking Georgia. Georgia looks I agree. great on Excuse me, I can't think of their quarterback's name. JT Daniels? Yeah, Georgia's undefeated with JT Daniels. That's important. People forgot last year, especially going to the UC game, there was like, whoa, well, Georgia played bad the second half of the year. Well, they got JT Daniels back, and they turned things around. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Georgia slaughters Clemson. I really do. I, You know, I, I frankly, I agree with you there, because the last time— I can't time... stand Georgia, or, or Clemson <laughs> for that matter. I hate Georgia probably a little bit more, but uh, I think there's no way— they lose that game. I think Georgia's finally saying enough is enough. I think they want to be that top team in the SEC. I agree with you there. And also, you think back to Clemson, uh, the last time that they had a quarterback who started that wasn't Trevor Lawrence, it was DJ Uikulele, uh when they played at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame won that game. I don't know that DJ's quite ready yet for a primetime game in the first week. Uh, I, I got to pick Georgia here. Yeah, he's been in some tough spots to start his career. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Florida Atlantic taking on number 13, Florida. That game is a 7.30 p.m. game on the SEC Network. Uh, number 6, Texas A&M taking on Kent State at home. That's an 8 p.m. game on ESPNU at home for Texas A&M. Also at home, Washington taking on Montana. Number 20, Washington. That game is on the Pac-12 Network at 8 o'clock. Number 16, LSU. This is a good week one matchup, but it's UCLA's second uh, game. Number 16, LSU at UCLA. 8.30 p.m. on Fox. That will be an interesting game to watch, and we'll have to keep an eye on that game. Then, um, of course, that's it for Saturday. There's way more games on Saturday. That's not it for Saturday, but that's the top 25 games on Saturday. And, of course, on Sunday, you have number 9 Notre Dame at Florida State at 7.30 p.m. ABC, your guy, Mackenzie Milton, will be taking on the Fighting Irish. I'm, I'm that's, taking Florida State in this game. I, you know... I am too. Uh, it's a home game for Florida State. Now they haven't looked very good in the past few years. That's 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 the truth of it. But Notre Dame is. I don't know. I don't know. This is another game Cincinnati is going to have to really keep their eye on. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Florida State pulled off the win. It's a home game. It's seven thirty p.m. It's ba- it's prime time. I'm rooting hard. I mean, Mackenzie Milton's got more on the line than anyone in the world right now. I think we want as Cincy fans though to root for Notre Dame. I know. I'm picking I Florida State, but I'm rooting for Notre Dame. I, ca- I can't root against McKenzie Millen. And then, I understand that. Also, uh, one of my former uh, high school baseball teammates, he's actually a place, the starting place kicker for Florida State. Oh, no so, kidding. Yeah, How about so, that? Uh, lots of love from uh, Florida State for me. Okay, all right. That is that is a fair pick. And then, of course, the Monday game, Louisville versus Ole Miss. That's a neutral site stadium in Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. 8 p.m. kick on ESPN. So lots of college football this weekend. And, uh, wow, this might be the most exciting and thrilling next five days that we've had in a while. I feel um, like outside of the ACC, schedule-wise last year, the season was a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. I, things were very exciting in the American, which I was glad about. Uh, I mean, a lot of the more exciting games weren't as exciting as we thought. Like, if we look at SMU, we got the good ESPN coverage and, you know, primetime game, but that ended up being a blowout in UC's favor, fortunately, but... I mean, this is this is a pretty jam packed weekend right off the get go. Yeah, and, and and like I like I like we've been saying, um, Cincinnati's going to keep their eye on Indiana and, and Notre Dame and see how those two teams play, because if Indiana and Notre Dame don't win those two games, who knows how this uh, how those games are going to shape up for Cincinnati? Now, obviously, Cincinnati has to keep winning as well, um, but definitely, as Cincinnati fans, make sure you're watching those Indiana that Indiana Iowa game and that Notre Dame and Florida State game. Because um, you might pick up on a few things. Uh, now let's move back to Cincinnati sports specifically. We'll move on to high school football really quickly. I'm going to take this little segment for here, just kind of go over who's playing who. All right, can I have one more thing before we move Go right ahead. All right, I'm sitting on this. We we need a Cincinnati-UCF trophy game. We, we, we need to make more. that a trophy game, okay. Would you now? Would you make it a battle for what would you what, what do you have an idea for a trophy or what? What's I do your, not, but it's got to be something. I mean. Especially, like, and it could carry from football and basketball. Bring it both together. Okay. Because it's always those two. I mean, there's always lots of hatred. I, I want a trophy. Okay. I love I trophy can see games. That. 
Trophy games are fun. They are fun. I think UCF, the only one they used to have was, like, the Battle for the Friendship trophy with uh, <laughs> Connecticut, in which the trophy was stolen and lost after, like, one game. Uh-huh. And then, obviously, they have the war on I-4 with uh, USF, but I feel like a UC-UCF trophy game is necessary. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Cincinnati doesn't have many trophy games left anymore that, you know, the... Battle for the Victor Bell is, is really about it. Um, you don't have the Keg of Nails rivalry with Louisville anymore. Um, and then, obviously, the game with Pittsburgh hasn't been played in a long time. So, okay, a, a trophy game is certainly interesting. Um, but on to high school football around Cincinnati. Number 14, Kings, is taking on uh, number 7, Winton Woods. Uh, now, how about this? IMG Academy is taking on number 2, LaSalle. The number 2 ranked, in the t- uh, ranked team in the entire country is coming to Cincinnati to take on the Lancers. That's going to be exciting. Um, and, and and IMG also, I don't know if you heard about that that stuff about uh, about Bishop Sycamore, that insanely made-up high school team that IMG just played this past weekend. That was completely fictional. And there's no real school, there's no teachers, there's no anything. It's, it's a fake school. And ESPN just put it on, you know, they put it on ESPN. The weirdest thing. Oh, I thought that was incredible. I loved reading on that. And this is the part that really gets me. So, like, obviously when, uh, you know, bigger schools, like at the collegiate level, like all these, like, smaller, like, Mac or lower schools will go play them because they can make money off of it and the school give them money to, you know, bus out their players, hotel and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is what Bishop Sycamore did. They had, like, they asked these schools for money for busing and hotels didn't use the time of it on busing or hotels. I mean, they finessed ESPN into recording their games. Th- that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. And it, but even the announcers on the broadcast were confused. I mean, they had no clue what was going on. And you could hear them start to unravel it as the broadcast goes I on. I mean, they played, what, four or five games, too, before like, something, they got yeah. caught? Yeah, something like that. And then finally people caught on. It was like somehow they got logo uh, and, and a jersey their their head coach is on a is on a freaking arrest warrant. Like, what is going on right now? And then all of the players are old enough to be in college. Yeah. As well. Yeah, and they got routed by a high school team. Just. I mean, the scores have been relatively close for playing nationally ranked high school teams, though. I, yeah. I'll give them that. I mean, but Bishop Sycamore got wiped. I mean, the floor wiped. It was like fifty five to nothing loss against IMG Academy. Um, this is this is the real one up of all the people who've been playing uh, AAU tournaments with like their friends. Yeah. Getting people together. This is the ultimate one-up on that. I don't think this one will be beat. Yeah, I don't know. If someone does, I'd love to see it. But I I don't think you get better than tricking ESPN to coming and recording you get blown out by (laughs) private schools. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I don't know how they did that. I mean, that's unbelievable. Might be one of the craziest, weirdest sports scandals in recent history that I can think of. It definitely will go down that way. But anyway, number six, Muller is taking on East Central as well. Number eight, Colerain, and number 10, Mason. Ooh, give me Colerain there. Um, pardon me, some other games going on. Number one, St. Xavier taking on Olentangy Liberty. The Bombers looking pretty good. That's actually a pretty stat game. That's Columbus versus Cincinnati right Yeah, there. yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's an I-71 battle. Give me St. X. Give me St. X. I, I think they're going to be very, very good this year. They can make a play. They can make a run for the, uh, for the championship this year. Yeah, looking to go back-to-back, correct? No, uh, they did. They, or did they win last year? Yeah, they beat uh, Pickerington. Oh, you're right. They did. Uh, they uh, did. Yeah. Two of the roommates I had my freshman year. One went to St. X. The other went to Pick Central. So that was wow. Okay. Bit of trash talk all that week in the That's weird. group chat. That's weird. I don't remember that for some reason. Well, congrats to St. X for winning the state championship. Apparently, I didn't know about that. <laughs> uh, number four, Princeton taking on number two, Lakota West. That's going to be a great game. Give me Lakota West there. Uh, St. Louis, St. Mary's. At number four, Elder. Now, I, me being an Elder guy, I've I've watched some of their games. Elder's looking a bit shaky on the offensive line. Um, they got some figuring out they got to do. Now, St. Mary's is, is not a very good team either. They do have a five-star wide receiver on their team. Uh, so Elder's going to have to play double coverage man-to-man on this kid. They can't, play, they can't afford to play zone on him because he's just going to get open every time. Um, but it's a home game for the Panthers, so give me Elder. Uh, Middletown taking on Lakota East, Fairfield, number 13, Fairfield taking on number 17, Sycamore, Loveland's taking on number 15, Turpin, Little Miami at number 20, Anderson, number 21, Ross at Valley View, number 22, Wyoming at Norwood, 
and Northwest at number 23 in Baden. Now, there's lots more high school games going on in Kentucky and Indiana, but we are strictly keeping this inside the 275 loop. Now, there is Lexington Catholic at number 12, Cub Calf. Um, Somerset at Beechwood, Campbell County at Highlands, Ryle at number 24, Cooper. So I guess they're inside 275, so they get counted as well. Um, but that's really it for high school ball. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the Reds here. The Reds looking to make a playoff push, and it's looking kind of ugly right now. It's not looking too good. Their offense is kind of struggling. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Caleb, what's your take on this? Uh... Honestly, as someone who's an avid baseball fan and loves the Reds, I don't want to see the Reds in the playoffs. I don't. Explain to the people why you say that is, because you uh, explained this to me before the show. In my lifetime, I've never watched the Reds win a playoff series, and I don't. I would rather them not make the playoffs, and really think about like getting those like couple of key pieces to be a really great team next year. Because I think they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to because obviously. Like we learned last week, they're most likely losing Nick Castellanos unless, I mean, I think even if they pay up, I don't, I don't think he's staying because mm-hmm. I don't think it's a money issue to, to him. He's just not that kind of guy. I think he wants to go play somewhere a little bit bigger, so that way he can get an MVP. Like he feels like he can win, which he can if he stays healthy. Like this year, he obviously would have been more in the MVP talk if he had not gotten hurt. Uh, but like right now, the Reds are down five four to the Cardinals, which the Cardinals are hot right now. But the offense isn't there. I mean, first of all, I mean, Miley's given up five runs by the fourth inning already. And then really? the bullpen is just weak. The starting rotation. Starting rotation's on the ups, but the Reds don't have a consistent guy. I mean, it's looking like Vladimir Gutierrez might be now. But, I mean, Luis Castillo is – a lot of days he goes out there, and it's just a nightmare to watch. Uh, Tyler Malley, who's got a – better record this year i think a lot of it can be contributed to the offense who have been who's very streaky i think the reds need a consistent more of a contact hitter i'd I'd like to see him do something on the left side of the infield too uh either keep moose or suarez and i think the other's got to go at this point and it doesn't really matter to me honestly i think they're the same player uh they i I like farmer at shortstop or i agree i agree with you there stevenson farmer and naquin are three of the Reds' biggest tools. You can play the three of them all over the field, and they're going to hit the ball regardless. Uh, I'd like to see Shogo Akiyama gone as well. Really? Yeah, I like him. I think he's a great fielder. But if I'm the Reds' front office right now, I want to see Castellanos, Winker, and Naquin in the outfield. Okay. And that's understandable. I, I agree with you there. I like Shogo, but, I mean... He's just, just, not contributed at the plate at all in two years. He really hasn't, and that's that's the disappointing thing, is I was hoping he would contribute a lot more. And he more. can't bunt either. And that uh, was like yeah. the whole thing. They're like, oh, he can bunt, and he can't bunt very well. Yeah, I, I, you know, you, you would hope that if the Reds decide to keep him one more year that he would finally start to kind of blossom as a player. Um, but you never know. The Reds have a, like kind of a stacked outfield, really. Um, I rather give some of these younger guys a chance i mean aquino is not bad i like keeping him around but i'd like to see the reds not tear it down but i mean i make some bold moves yeah because if the reds do make the playoffs i mean it's looking like i'd say it's almost 100 percent. they're either playing the dodgers or giants which right the giants look like it's 2012 again somehow uh brandon crawford and buster posey are having incredible years for Mm -hmm. whatever reason or the dodgers and honestly, I don't want to watch the Reds play the Dodgers. I don't. It'll be bad. I mean, this Dodgers team is absolutely star-studded. I, didn't, I mean, I don't know how they ended up with Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't – especially, like, last year, the Reds, like, found a way to get there. They were looking good. Everything was clicking for once, and they finally had a good rotation. The bullpen – it was only like question when the bullpen showed up in the playoffs, but not even scoring a run against the Braves is just embarrassing. Yeah, and then I mean the time before that they made the playoffs. You win your first two games against the Giants. Go lose two in San Francisco and you come home and you don't make it. You lose to the Pirates in the wild card game. You get swept by the Phillies. I mean I would love to see the Reds in the playoffs. 
but I'd rather them miss this year. I think if they miss it, they're more likely to go after people to add to the Instead of settle with what they have. Yeah, because I think if they do make it, they're going to do what they did last year, not make any moves, and they're just going to lose Nick Castellanos, your best player. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and coming into the season, uh, Alex and I, the former sports director who I've mentioned before, uh, talked about this upcoming red season, and I really didn't think they were going to be as good as they were this season. Um, I just, you know, they only, they to me, I thought they lost production and never really gained anything. But once they figured out the starting rotation, they put Jonathan India at one, and they figured out, you know, the starting, uh, you know, they figured out their pitchers and everything like that. They surprised, they've, They've been fun to watch. They've been surprising. They've been heartbreaking to watch too, and not fun to watch at times. But they they are they have a winning record, and that's something the Reds haven't really been able to say for a long time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with the success they're having. Uh, I thought the Reds had finished like three four games out of a wild card spot, which honestly that's the path they're going down. Uh, I I think either the Cardinals will catch them or the Padres will take it. I mean. They don't. They're still ten games down to the Brewers, and the Brewers aren't showing signs of slowing down. They, no, that bullpen they have is incredible. Their pitching is absolutely ridiculous, and that's been the the hurdle that Cincinnati has been unable really to overcome. Um, minus winning, you know, a fair amount of games against the Brewers this year, just catching up at this point is it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, after, like once the All Star break came back and the Reds got swept at home. There was no bouncing back into the into the into the race for the division. The Reds would scare me less if they didn't lose so many easy win games. Mm-hmm. Like losing two or three to the Cubs, losing two or three to the Marlins. If you want to be a successful team, you can't do that. I think that's just where the lack of pitching comes in. Like the Cubs, early in the year, if you lost two of three, whatever, they're probably going to be a five hundred or a little bit better team. But now, what I can probably name two players in the whole Cubs organization. Ian Happ is the only one that I can name for oh, sure. Oh, okay. So I guess probably th- I got like David Bodie, Ian Happ, and Wilson Contreras. Okay. But, I mean. Patrick Wisdom. That's another one for mm-hmm. me. So I guess four for you, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, they got rid of everybody. Um, so the Cubs are 100% out yeah, of the I race. Mean, you can't just be losing games like that all the time. I mean, I guess I'll excuse the Marlins a little bit. I think the Marlins are a lot better than their record. They're a good home team. Yeah, and. I mean, they're bottom of the basement, but they honestly they look pretty promising. Like they made the playoffs last year. They have some good pitching. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, mm-hmm. who I love. I got the opportunity to meet him when he uh, was still in the Indians organization and played for the Clippers. But so I like watching him be successful. But the Reds just they need to figure it out. And I think the only way they do is by missing the playoffs this year by like a game or two. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's an interesting take. It's something that I never really thought about. Um, Something to consider. Uh, I, I think if you know if they do make the playoffs, you would like to at least see them just score a run against whoever they end up yeah, playing. Don't get me wrong. If the Red, I will be as excited as anyone if the Reds do make the playoffs. But I think I would rather not watch them get swept by the Giants or Dodgers. Yeah, I I, I agree with and you. And I, I think it'll be the Dodgers at this point. I think it'll be Dodgers for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm impressed. San Francisco had the gas to make it this far. But when you have Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, and Max Scherzer all in your lineup, and who knows what could happen with Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. They could possibly come back at any point because now start, now this case is starting to look a lot different than it did like a month ago. Right. I mean, I haven't looked at it at all hardly this week. I've kept on it off and on, but I know uh, – I think they didn't – I might be wrong here, but I think they denied her something. On, wow. I think she asked for maybe like another restraining order or something. I think they denied it, so – but we'll see. There's been a lot of delays getting that to court. So, however, if he is found guilty, I don't think Trevor Bauer ever plays baseball again. I agree with you there. So we're just about out of time. We got another minute left. Um, so that's really all the time we have for really everything. But the last thing I want to do uh, is let's do a score prediction for this Saturday's game against Miami. So we have about forty seconds left. Give me just a quick. Quick summary and a, and a quick score prediction. I'm going 42-17 to 17 in favor of the Bearcats. 42-17. Okay. I'm going to go probably along a similar route. I'm going to say about 40-15. to 40-15. As weird as a score as that sounds, that's that's my score prediction. It may not be 100% accurate, but I don't know. I just I think Cincinnati turns way too much production, too much you know hype coming into the season for them to even make it a close game. But you never know. You never know, but that's 40 to 15, and then 
I'm going to also predict that Miami scores first. Miami scores first. Okay. Interesting. Well, everybody, that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for joining us. And it's great to be back. We will see you on Saturday. Go Bearcats. Or I'm sorry, BearcastMedia.com. We will be live for the broadcast. We will be on call, me, Caleb, and possibly Elliot Rearing. We are figuring out who that third person is going to be. Either way, go Bearcats. We'll see you on Saturday, everybody.